If you have a Bible, and I hope you do, the beauty of the gospel is that God has saved us. He's freed us from the power and the penalty of sin. He's put us in Christ, who's now our life. So we gather together, surrender our lives, say, our lives are yours, and we're your servants. It's not radical version of Christianity. This is biblical Christianity. It's what it means to be a follower of Christ. We don't call the shots. He calls the shots. The Radical Together Podcast, with teaching from David Platt. Welcome to another episode of the Radical Together podcast. My name is Thomas Bowen, and if you're new to the podcast, you can listen to all the previous episodes as well as find hundreds of free resources by visiting our website, Radical.net. Instead of our regular teaching segment from David, today we are sitting down with the man himself. A few weeks ago, we sat down with David to talk about this last year in ministry, his family, and his new role as the president of the International Mission Board. And that's all in episode 32 of the podcast, and I encourage you to go back and listen. It was great to hear what God has been doing across the globe through the IMB, as well as in David's own life. But today, we're excited to have David with us to talk about the upcoming Secret Church event in April. Secret Church is a time where thousands of believers gather together to study God's Word intensely for six-plus hours and also pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. Secret Church was birthed out of a time that David spent teaching in underground house churches in Asia where many Christ followers are meeting and worshiping in secret to this day. David, it's so great to have you. Tell us a little about Secret Church 16. Well, I'm really excited about the topic um, for this year's Secret Church, so a global gospel in a world of religions. The whole goal, and we said this a few months back, uh, was just to think through, okay, amidst all the religions in the world, So is there really one right way to believe? Or are there many right ways to believe? Is there one right way to live? Many right ways to live? Uh, Specifically, how does the gospel compare with or contrast with other world religions? And what's unique about the gospel? And and so look at the gospel in light of other world religions, but then also to think through, okay, if the gospel is true, if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, then how do we share that in good and wise and compassionate and loving ways with people of other faiths, with Muslims or uh, Buddhists or Hindus or atheists, agnostics. And, uh, and this is important, obviously, uh, as we think about uh, Christ's command for us to go to the nations. But the reality is the nations are coming to us. And most all of us uh, live in places where we're surrounded by uh, people. We, we know people who are Muslims. We know people who are Hindus. We know people who are, who are Buddhists or atheists or agnostics, increasingly, particularly in our, in our secular culture. And so how do we share the gospel with people of other faiths? And, uh, and so I just, I'm really, really excited about the topic. And then beyond that, this will be the first time we uh, take Secret Church on the road. Um, and so we'll be hosting it, uh, actually in Charlotte, North Carolina at, uh, Hickory Grove Baptist Church there, um, who's graciously agreed to host, um, there. They've been doing it for, doing Secret Church for years. And so we're going to be there, but then we'll obviously simulcast it from there, uh, 
hopefully to uh, just yeah, tens of thousands of people like has happened in previous years. And we, we've changed around even some things when it comes to timing, uh, just to be more uh, accessible, particularly those who are on the East Coast and then spreading across the rest of the country. Uh, from there, people can do it at uh, different times. But I'm just, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, Secret Church 16. Well, we know many others around the world are certainly looking forward to it as well. This year will be the 10th anniversary of Secret Church, which obviously began back in 2006. Was this the plan all along? Did you ever imagine how God might use this event for years to come? That's been the... No, I could imagine. And that's been part of the beauty of Secret Church is it's just been... It's kind of like grassroots. I and mean, it was just a few guys sitting around saying... Hey, we see what God does in brothers and sisters around the world at the risk of their lives. They're meeting together and they're so hungry for the word. Why don't we gather together for some concentrated time in the word and pray for them and, and try to set up something where we can create resources that would serve them. And so, oh, let's try it on a Friday night. And, uh, and you know, some people coming and by the end of the night, like, hey, that was that went really well. Why don't we try that again? And then it just kind of spreads from there. And then it's like, oh, we don't have enough room for the people who are coming. So what do we do? And one, one weekend we did two and one weekend we did one on Friday night, one on Saturday night, which was one of the most unwise decisions I've ever made. Like it was so brutal uh, <laughs> doing secret church two nights in a row. And, and it was like, oh, okay, we're not going to do that. So should we get a bigger place? But this is like, well, I don't know if we should get a bigger place because what if more people want to be involved in that? And so then that was where the idea for simulcasting came in. And so now to see 50, 60,000 people, however many it is, who gather together and, and, and do it from around the world and gather together around the Word for this concentrated time in prayer for the persecuted church and studying the Word and creating resources in multiple languages to serve the church around the world, all that to say, that was like... Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, that was not the like the plan, the master plan from the beginning. It was just let's let's do a Bible study and pray for the persecuted church, and we'll kind of see where that goes. And so, just really, really thankful for God's grace in all of that. Well, there are thousands of believers, both in the U.S. as well as around the world, who are grateful for Secret Church coming to fruition. Many of those pastors of global churches, if you're not familiar, the Secret Church teaching sessions are translated into many different languages and used to create resources for pastors, teachers, and leaders all over the world who typically don't have access to any sort of biblical training. Certainly grateful, as you said, for God's grace in reaching the nations with the gospel far beyond just that one night. David, this year's topic is very timely, a global gospel in a world of religions. We're in the midst of what many have called a refugee crisis. There have been scattered attacks by ISIS and other Muslim extremists. How can a better understanding of other religions help us navigate the cultural and spiritual questions that are being asked related to these current events? Well, I think we need uh, so many different levels. One, there's the perspective level. Uh, even as we look at news, so we see news about refugee crises, we see uh, terrorism, um, we see ISIS, we see Boko Haram. Like, how do we think through these things? Because there's a, there's a political machine and uh, uh, 
news machine that, that kind of informs our perspective on this in different ways, but we need to make sure our perspective is being informed by Scripture, that it's the Bible and it's the gospel that's shaping the way we think about refugee crises, ISIS, uh, terrorism, Boko Haram, whatever, I mean, and just on and on and on. We've got to make sure that our perspective on an everyday basis is not being shaped by the world, but shaped by the word. Um, and then the way that informs, okay, how does that affect the way I pray? How does that affect the way I, I live? How does that affect my interaction with other people when I'm talking about these issues, current events in the world? And then, uh, obviously, when I have opportunity to share the gospel with people from different perspectives, different religions, um, which we all have opportunity to do in our everyday lives. And so we, we just have got to make sure that the gospel is shaping our perspective, our priorities on a day, daily basis, and the gospel is fueling proclamation uh, in our everyday lives. I, my, my hope, and we talked about this at every secret church, is that people wouldn't just walk away with greater knowledge of Hinduism or Islam, but people will walk away equipped and and to, to share the gospel and, and in the days to come, we're gonna be obedient to do exactly that and that people would come to know Christ as a result of us gathering together and spending this time and equipping at Secret Church. Well, that is certainly the prayer. David, as believers in America, we find ourselves in a rather remarkable situation. There are people literally from all over the world who practice all sorts of religions who are right in our own backyard. How will Secret Church help us to engage the nations who have essentially come to us? Well, when you think about evangelism, like proclamation of the gospel, it's essentially bridge building. We, we, we figure out where people are, and then we figure out how do we help them understand the gospel based on where they are. We don't, yes, we go, we don't, it's not like we're changing the gospel, but we're always thinking through how do we make the gospel clear to those who come from this worldview or have this perspective or have grown up in this way. And so, as we know, different people in our lives who come from different perspectives, atheistic perspective, uh, uh, Hindu perspective, uh, Muslim perspective on life, then that helps us know. So understanding is key to helping then understand how to share the gospel. And the beauty is our understanding of the gospel grows in the process. And so um, particularly with the increasing globalization of the world and uh, the number of people we know who have grown up in different cultures and with different worldviews, uh, we need to be equipped to share the gospel faithfully with the diversity of people who surround us in our neighborhoods, communities, cities, and all the more so as God, I pray, leads many more people then to go to the nations in different ways that we would be equipped to share the gospel with them. So it just falls right in line with, I think, when we see what God's doing in the world and how our lives fit into it, we need to know the beauty of a global gospel in a world of religions and how to share it faithfully. Well, that is certainly needed. David, can you tell us a little bit about the Secret Church prayer focus this year? Prayer focus this year is uh, India, and it's perfect in light of the topic that we're talking about because India is 
in many ways, birthplace of uh, many different world religions. Um, and even when you look at India today, you see many different uh, religions represented there. You see, obviously, there's uh, Hinduism in India, but uh, a lot of Islam in India. Um, you also see uh, just mixtures of uh, animism in that, and, and even in some of the uh, more urban locations in India, you'll find uh, increasing secularism as, as people maybe sometimes are, are leaving Hinduism behind. So what are they turning to? So it's just a, a melting pot of, of different religious beliefs and worldviews when you look at India. So it's perfect to think through, okay, how do we share the gospel in a place like that? in a place where for generations uh, uh, gospel truth has not been known and uh, has uh, and for generations people have spread falsehood about who God is or uh, so India on that level but the the obvious focus in our prayer time for India is going to be on on the church in parts of India that has experienced much persecution and cost in proclaiming the gospel and they're going to remind us with some of their stories that proclaiming a global gospel in a world of religions is not easy that there's there's cost and price that goes with that but again they're going to remind us that christ is worth it and uh and so we're going to have opportunity to intercede for the church there to pray for the spread of the gospel through the church there in india and it's going to i think just fall right in line with the whole focus that night on global gospel in a world of religions Yes, and many people are already very excited about the fact that we will be spending some focused time on praying for India. David, how are you going to approach this year's Secret Church topic? What are some of the practical takeaways that people can hope to gain from Secret Church? Is it going to be a night of pure apologetics? How are you going to approach this topic? That's a great question. Uh, and, you, you know, even as you ask that, it's going to be like six, seven hours of like straight apologetics. And I realized, well, first, there might be some people who are like, apologetics, uh, what are we apologizing for? Um, so we're not apologizing for anything. So apologetics uh, just is a term that is used. It's uh, based on First Peter 3.15, um, giving a defense. We'll always be ready, prepared to give a, an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that's in you. And, uh, and so apologetics is used to refer to kind of defending Christianity in light of uh, objections or in light of other religions or beliefs. Um, so the, the, the way I want to come at this topic is, is one, just to get a big picture of the world and the different religious beliefs that are most prevalent in the world. And to realize we've been given a command to proclaim the gospel in this world. And so ask the question, so how do we do that then? And, and that, and to, to give a picture of, okay, evangelism is building bridges to the gospel. We're proclaiming the gospel to people who have this belief or that belief. So how do we proclaim the gospel clearly to them in a way they understand it? Um, and so with that foundation, uh, then we're just going to dive in one by one into five major world religions. We're going to look at uh, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, animism, 
And then the fifth would be atheism and agnosticism. We'll kind of put those uh, together. Uh, so non-religious. Um, and so we're just going to look at, at a brief overview of each one of those and think through, okay, how do we share the gospel with somebody with one from, who comes from one of those worldviews? And, uh, and so just spend some time. Obviously, we won't be able to go in-depth uh, into all the details of every single one of those uh, religions, belief systems, but but we do want to hit some of the major points just to think through how to faithfully share the gospel. So all that to say, so when you ask how we're we going to approach it, I'm going to approach it in a way that hopefully, hopefully we get a firm understanding of the gospel, uh, a clear picture of where, uh, of how to share the gospel with people from different perspectives, so that by the end of that night, that, that people are equipped in a pretty basic way, but I hope a helpful way to the next day, that Saturday afterwards or, or the next week, be able to share the gospel faithfully and clearly with someone from one of those those religions or belief systems. Hmm. Well, that is certainly going to be a very valuable time together. Why do we need to understand other religions in contrast to the gospel, what are some practical examples of why we might need to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Like when I think about it, I was in North Africa recently, and I'm sharing the gospel with Muslims. Um, if and, and, and immediately, they have things, Muslims have things that they they disagree with when it comes to core gospel truths. Like, they, they don't believe Jesus uh, is God in the flesh. So they, they would deny his... Uh, his deity deny the Trinity. And so uh, they also don't believe that Jesus died on the cross. Um, they believe, uh, well, different streams of Islam believe different things, but in the, in the end, Muslims don't believe that Jesus died on the cross and they don't believe he rose from the dead. So at that point, knowing that, uh, that's going to affect the way I share the gospel with them. So I don't have to, um, oh, well, and let me, let me kind of keep with that example. So I'm going to have a conversation with that person about the gospel that's going to be different than a conversation I have with an atheist friend about the gospel. So an atheist is asking, uh, is there even a God? The Muslim is not asking that. The Muslim already is operating from a worldview that says, okay, I know there's a God, and here's what I believe about him. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time with a Muslim saying, here's why I think it's reasonable to believe in God. Well, they, they already know that, but I am going to spend that kind of time with my atheist friend. Um, instead, with my Muslim friend or the Muslim uh, the Muslims that I met in North Africa uh, a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't spending my time talking about, yes, there is a God who exists. They already knew that. I'm spending time talking about who Jesus is, what he did. Um, did he die on the cross? How do we know he died on the cross? Did he rise from the dead? How do we know he rose from the dead? Uh, that's where the conversation is going to be focused on. And so the more we understand not just the gospel, but what other people believe, then that's going to change the conversations we have with them about the gospel to hit on the big questions that they might have. Um, and so this is where if we don't know those things, then we're not going to be as effective or wise, I think is maybe a better word, and, and, and faithful ultimately and uh, clearly proclaiming the gospel to people from different perspectives. Man, that is extremely helpful. What would you say to those who are still considering whether or not to participate in Secret Church? Well, I, I would certainly, people on different levels, to be a part of the Secret Church. For pastors and church leaders, my, my hope is that this Secret Church will help in equipping your church to spread the gospel in the community right around you with all sorts of different people. Um, 
you know, we, we, we obviously have a command to make disciples, which involves evangelism, but we are prone to, uh, to shy away from people who are not like us, who believe differently from us. And so my hope is that, that members of your church will be equipped and encouraged and emboldened to be able to share the gospel with people who believe very differently from them, with Muslim neighbors, with Hindu neighbors, with atheistic or agnostic friends or family members. And uh, so I'm hopeful that church leaders will see this as just a a helping and equipping church. And then to individuals or even small group leaders um, uh, in churches, uh, just on a on a frontline level, uh, my hope is that this secret church will encourage you in your everyday life to faithfully share the gospel with people around you and the opportunities that you have um, with all sorts of different people. Sometimes, I'm, I'm guessing you, like me, uh, sometimes feel inadequate or you're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to say. I don't understand this or that about what somebody else believes. This will help you in that so that you'll walk away from this secret church with just a greater boldness and courage and ultimately confidence in the power of the gospel to save as you've been given the privilege and opportunity to share it with all kinds of different people and that God might raise up multitudes more people to do this work, uh, not just where we live as the nations come to us, but wherever God leads as we go to the to the nations. So all that's just got me pretty excited about the possibilities that might flow from what God might do in and through uh, this secret church. David, we certainly join you in that excitement as we look forward to April 29th for Secret Church 16, a global gospel in a world of religions. Well, David, it's been a joy talking with you today. Enjoyed it. Good to catch up. To register for the Secret Church 16 live simulcast on April 29th, visit secretchurch.org. For hundreds of free resources from David, visit our website at radical.net. And for more information on the International Mission Board, visit imb.org. That's all for this episode. Join us next time with more teaching from David right here on the Radical Together podcast.